All right. The club is back after a long hiatus. Our guys, Andy and Clay, were out here getting married, gallivanting on their honeymoons. But we are back in the saddle today and every Tuesday going forward. We are going to talk about some NBA trades that went down. The Blazers making some big moves in the Miami Heat down so bad that Jimmy Butler has gone full emo on us. And of course, we will hop in a draft or two on Underdog with all of the Week 5 contests up on the site. It's the club. I'm Pete. Let's go. All right, there they are, the married gentlemen looking refreshed, looking full of life after their honeymoons. Andy, Clay, how are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to be back in New York. Had a nice time away. But also like feels good to kind of get back into the saddle and do stuff and like not have a wedding kind of just like looming over everything. Yeah, there is always the element of uh, enjoyment, but also relief of all of the uh, the logistics there. Uh, Clay, how about you? Very much enjoyed all of your uh, photos from Greece on the gram over the past few weeks. It seemed like you had a great time. Yeah, man, I echo uh, everything Andy said. It's nice to not have you know anything kind of looming anymore. But uh, I also sat us over. It was a great month. Um, enjoyed the wedding, enjoyed the honeymoon, and uh, it's by far the most tan of everyone in my life uh got a new you know new ring on my left hand got a new pinky ring in greece little gold chain action so your boy really upgraded his life for the last month uh we, we live in now there you go uh let's see a andy what was the highlight uh from from the wedding from the honeymoon give us uh give us a little taste man so from the wedding itself we got really lucky with the weather the day that the wedding was was like potentially going to be rainy and it was kind of off and on all day and like the day prior and so we just got really lucky like basically it stopped raining when we needed to take pictures and then didn't rain until the next day and then it like torrential downpoured and so we just got super super lucky there um, but the wedding itself was really fun everyone got really drunk and had a good time um, and then our honeymoon was really nice we'll be like split it up i think really nicely where we had just like a couple days at a resort where we just kind of like did nothing lounged kind of sat by the pool and then three days where we did just like a ton of wine tastings uh and then another two days at the end to like we went to the french laundry and ate some really good food but we kind of mostly just like sat by the pool and chilled because at that point we had so much wine that we just like couldn't really do anymore we had some more wine tastings for the last day and we canceled them we were like we we can't do the same conversation of like so what's your favorite kind what do you think of this how's how was the wedding and we're like we need to just like have margarita and chill <laughs> yeah that does happen too and i i found when i did my one uh napa trip a long time ago that you, you then like the quality of the tour ends up being like the most important or like the story there because otherwise they do all start to feel the same. But so many of the places have like either really cool stories or just the scenery and kind of the setup is a, is enough to make it interesting. Uh, Clay, what about you? I mean, your, your Greece uh, ex escapades looked incredible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for like missing our dog so much, we might've, uh, you know, accidentally lost the passports and just stayed, uh, <laughs> life was pretty good in Greece. <laughs> uh, minus I did, I did miss NFL as sad as that is. I did miss NFL action. Um, I was able, I was smartly reserved like some DFS lineups, uh, for when we like landed and, but then I was a uh, fish out of water for week three and, uh, was texting a boy, a friend of mine. I was like, yo, can you submit this lineup? I'm just gonna go crazy if I can't have any sort wow. of like, uh, action go down today. But highlight for me would be, we rented a, we were, so we split our time mostly between Paros and Milos, which is two of the, the, uh, islands, um, the Kaklades. and on Milos, we rented a boat for an afternoon, which was awesome. So like, got to, you didn't need a license. I got to take it out, uh, whip it around the Southern coast of Milos for like, we had it for like six hours and it was a blast. And you're kind of like pulling up, you know, it's like a small, like little 10 foot boat with a motor, but it was a sick, I mean, we got like a really good, I thought we got a really good deal on it, uh, you know, relative to what I saw other quotes for. And it came with like an iPad with like Wi-Fi and Spotify and had like a speaker and shit. And it was like Damn, perfect for the dude. two of us to just like lay out. And so, that was kind of fun. I hadn't driven a boat in a long time. Uh, not really that opportunity here in New York. 
uh, so much, but, you know, got my anchoring down, uh, felt like, you know, it was really a, a true deckhand out here. So yeah, that was, that was a highlight for me. And then amazing food. That's a nice part too, is I feel like a lot of times, uh, you can tire out on cuisine if you like are traveling abroad or to anywhere per se, but, uh, Greek food's pretty, pretty good for, for your boy here. So, um, yeah, didn't, didn't hate that at all. That's awesome. Andy, did the uh, did the French Laundry live up to the hype? Always kind of on a short list of, of best restaurants in the United States. Very extravagant, hard to get into. Uh, did it did it live up to the billing? Yeah, so I'll say we went to we we ate very well. When we were there. Uh, we went to two different three Michelin star restaurants. The first one was Single Thread, which is um, uh, it's in Hedelsburg. It was actually very close to like the like little downtown area in Hedelsburg. Um, it's like a husband and wife, Japanese inspired kind of place. A lot of like sashimi and stuff like that. Uh, the food was really good. It wasn't our favorite, like really high end dining experience compared to some of the other ones we've had. Um, just like felt a little bit chaotic at times, but so we were there and there was a couple who was sitting kind of like across the way from us. Um, and they were there celebrating getting engaged and they very clearly knew everyone who worked there. We were like, Oh, that's cool. You know, they must know the owners or something. Um, we didn't really think anything of it towards the end of our meal. We had like asked our Somalia, we were like, Hey, we're going to the French laundry. Like, how do you, we would assume that you would know, how do you recommend we like, drink there? get a bottle? We, what do we do? And he was like, oh, I used to be the sommelier at French Laundry. Here's what I would recommend you do. And so then whatever, we show up to the French Laundry and the woman who had just gotten engaged was the general manager there. And wow. <laughs> was like, hey, nice to see you guys. I knew you were going to be here today because I heard that conversation. And we were like, holy shit, small world. And so they like treated us so well. I think I honestly think all things in, they gave us like a thousand dollars worth of free stuff between like wow. food, drinks, extra courses, all of this. Like they went so above and beyond. And it was like, I don't know if it was the best meal we've ever had, but it was really up there. I think like the food was really good. It was, it was a lot. Like I felt yeah. disgusting afterwards, especially <laughs> for extra like courses of food. I felt truly disgusting. Um, but just like the level of service and how nice everyone was and the way they treated us just like made it feel so special comparatively to a lot of the other meals that we had had. So yeah, yeah. I, I can't recommend it enough. I thought it was great. That's incredible. What was the best thing you ate in Greece, Clay? Oh man. So the first place, so Stacey and I kind of like, you know, lean into the whole honeymoon thing, stayed at uh, two really nice resorts uh, on, one, on each island. And it was like a fun experience for us. And so the first place we stayed on Paros, um they had this sashimi that was a local sea bream and they served it to you inside of the fish that was the fish itself so like the wow. whole like the whole uh it was like open face almost and then like the pieces of fish were like wrapped up in kind of like a little spiral and it came like three different dipping sauces there was like kind of like a soy ponzu sitch uh lemon lavender and then a lemon butter and it was like truly you know like some of the best you know raw fish i've ever had uh, in my life. So that was a highlight. Um, the other kind of funny thing that Andy story made me think of is, you know, I, I don't know, somebody had said something about like, you know, when you go to your honeymoon, you know, you should kind of lean into it and like email the hotels or where you're staying and just kind of like confirm your reservation, but also like casually drop that like, you're on your honeymoon and, and whatnot. Right. So I, you know, here I am thinking that's a great idea before the trip. And then we were checking in these places and it's like, we're one of, you know, six or eight honeymooners staying at that same resort, checking on the same day. And I was like, yeah, we're not fucking special at all. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, so much for that place. I was like, these motherfuckers were like, yeah, this asshole, like, email, like, oh, you're on your honeymoon. And no, it was great. Both places we stayed were fantastic. And it was cool to um, experience that that kind of level of detail and, and care that they give you because they really do try to make sure your experience is top notch. Um, but really fun spots. We kind of, you know, one of our places had like a pool in the room. That was a lot of fun and got to watch like the sunset every night. That was my big uh, kind of push for stay. So I was like, well, I don't care where we're at. I was like, if we're in our hotel room, if it has a view, that's fine. We go find a spot. But uh, yeah, that was a big, big priority for me. And there's some, there's some absolute gems on the trip. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Check out uh, Clay on Instagram if you want to check out some more of those 
picks, Clay, you'll have to to share some more. I, I was getting the, yeah. the Andy Alpha in, in Allie's friend tech room. I can't afford Andy's friend tech room, but I was in <laughs> Allie's. I was getting the blo- I was getting the Substack posts, the wedding photos. It was well worth the price oh, of admission so for that. Yeah, Allie, uh, she's been having. She's a really good writer. She used to. I don't know how many people know this about her, but she, when we were in college, was like the editor for the school newspaper, and so she would do a lot of that stuff. And so she has gotten really. She used to be really into Yelp. And she was like Yelp elite would get us invited to like all these like private events and stuff just from her reviews. And then she stopped doing Yelp and has been doing Google reviews and her reviews have like, I think tens of millions of views on Google. Like it's, it's a pretty ridiculous number. Um, But she's wanting to kind of try to just like mess around and have fun and start writing more serious reviews and all that. And I think she's good at it. So it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. It is fun. And I think I want to say the last time, like when you guys mentioned friend tech to me, like way back when I I had you guys explain it to me because I was I was the boomer who wasn't up to speed. Since then, I have gotten in there in friend tech. I don't know if I'm doing it uh, right. I'm not quite as active as the platform probably needs me to be to be good at it. But uh, I am in those streets. Um, Have you guys, Andy, are you still very active uh, in there on friend tech? Yeah, I mean, like I... I use my, I answer basically anything someone asks me in my chat. Um, yeah. And I've, I've essentially like rebought anyone who's bought me. I think maybe one person who I haven't just because I don't have any more ETH. Kind of, you know, only have so much. People will join and be like, hey, will you buy mine? And I'm like, dude, you're worth four Ethereum. I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy your, your key. I'm sorry. Like it's, it's something personal. Um, but no, yeah, I still use it. I still like every once in a while I message my friends' chats. Um, but it is fun just as a way for people to come in and, and talk about stuff. I'll ask, you know, if there's like a sports guy who I follow, like, hey, what's your, you know, what are you betting this week or whatever, posting random photos of what's going on. Um, I still enjoy it. Yeah. I was going to ask because I, all the rooms that I'm in are probably, I would consider more like low volume rooms as far as posting and like the scroll experience is fine. I'm like, what happens in these rooms? with people that have a shit ton of people who have key access, because I'm like the way it works, even like compared to like X or discord or whatever, I'm like, it would be kind of hard. I don't know if like the plat, the platform seems good for like rooms with like less than 50 people, maybe a little bit more than that, but what are the the big rooms like? Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to know because you only see everyone's posts in your own. So like my room's not that big. I think yeah. I have, 76 holders and they're yeah. it's it's pretty chill i'll probably there's probably oops, um i don't know 10 to 15 messages a day and half of them are just people saying like gm what's up um and so it's nothing crazy but it's hard like i don't really know you know what the guy who has 200 holders um what his room looks like because i only see his replies and i Oh, oh, honestly, a lot of the rooms where it's, so, it's where someone who I just like bought their key because they bought mine. I don't yeah. really check it too often. Um, yeah, I guess that makes follow, for follow days on Twitter. Yeah, well, that that seems like a big a big thing. The 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 three. Uh, how how do you pronounce that? The three comma three. How do you say that when you're on a podcast? Oh, just three three. Three three. Okay, there we go. See I'm what sure what does that stand for? Because I I'm I'm out of the loop on friend tech. So uh, it started with Ohm, like Olympus DAO back in like the DeFi days, and it was this idea of like if everyone buys and no one sells, <laughs> <laughs> that it's like net positive for everyone. Uh, and so that's what the idea yeah. is here. Is like sounds familiar. If you yeah. If if you buy my key <laughs> and I buy yours and we both agree that like we're not going to sell unless the other person sells. If like you have a bunch of people who all do that, then like yeah. people's key values price, will price increase up. in price. Yeah. And it's <laughs> people are using it in this for farming the points. Basically, right. like you know, it's not totally clear what the like algorithm is for points, but there's at least some amount of it that is just like what is the value of your ETH portfolio on the platform. Yeah. And sure. so in doing this, you like kind of are able to like a rising tide lifts all ships your yeah, your balance yeah. um but yeah so it doesn't what? have to be it's not like three people specifically <laughs> things. Like no, it's no, more it's co-opted because, from like the dow yeah here, let me see like if the, i can find like a tweet that shows yeah, yeah. it because i know what you're talking about because like it's like where like you a, have like the you know 
Heart wine. The like emoji, yeah. comma emoji. That's like a frequent one, right? Like we do it. Yeah. Like for the the Dijon Dow has like the swords and stuff back in the day. Clay, are you? Are, like I know the... you have an account because I bought a key to your room. But are you? Uh, are you messing around oh, with so it nice. much? Well, I didn't even know that to be honest. So no, I need to get back in the Frentex streets and service my holders. I didn't realize I had such an esteemed uh, key holder now. Well, um, I remember when I should have dropped some honeymoon were... picks in there. That would have been fun. Exactly. That's the, that's, that's give it the, uh, the alpha there. Um, no, that it did seem like the spot because like, I would never, I'm just like, not the kind of person that just like shares a lot from my outside of content life. But, uh, I, I knew friend tech had got me. I I posted a photo of an old fashioned. I had made a little oh, cocktail shit. the other night, April in the background. That's the, that's the kind of exclusive premium content you can only get in my, uh, my friend tech room. Uh, What's what, what did you now? I don't know if I can afford it. <laughs> um okay here i'll pull this up here this looks uh so this is like where the three three meme originated from oh okay i didn't know if it was just like the symmetry yes, of yes. like a three three being a mirror that's what i thought it meant and yeah, so it's like this was originally around home and it's like if you sell if both people sell it's negative three negative three if both people stake it it's three three it's kind of bullshit to be honest with you like <laughs> I, I don't really get it but yeah. that's kind of well, it was like if you held and then uh, staked it as well, right? That's the whole yeah. thing too with like the it's more Dow specific terminology there. Yeah. But yeah, Andy, how do you answer this question for consigliere here? Because I, I don't think it. I'm sure that the X stuff certainly helped, but I would say I would assume this had been in the works and concepts like this for a long time, even before people got fed up with uh, Twitter deplatforming. Yeah, I think like. It's partially that, but also just like, I, I think really what has had it do decently well is more so like people being able to decently monetize their following in a way that yeah. they hadn't been previously where like, unless you wanted to like pump and dump shit coins on Twitter, if you had a lot of Twitter followers, it was hard to kind of monetize that. Whereas with this, if you have a lot of followers and you go and post a lot on front tech, you're probably going to earn some fees. And like some of the really big accounts have earned a lot of money in fees. Um, and so I think that that's kind of another big reason is just like you essentially the, the people who are in a lot of ways influencing what people do in crypto through like Twitter and yeah. just like their social influence are like, like their upside is directly correlated with how much influence they have and how, how many people follow them and value their opinion. And so they can make money from it. And so it's kind of a bit of a, of a loop there. Pete, this yeah. is the this is the perfect okay. way for you to post uh to your cash game core on a weekly basis with no one <laughs> yeah. knowing so you can get you get the reps in before week 17. yeah exactly. uh, but i think i think people would pay for that it I'd does seem like i mean granted it self-selects like the people who i'm doing uh whose keys i have but it does seem like a lot of the most fun applications is the sports betting stuff this is what i'm on if you want to tail this with me stuff like this with and again like with everything not like an expectation of uh you know like you're some super sharp but just having like the mini um, communal sweats yeah, and stuff yeah. is, is fun um yeah. all right let's uh let's talk a little uh or first of all actually andy you were at you were at the game last night i went to bed at halftime did you did you stay at the stadium for that entire game <laughs> yeah so shout out to underdog this was a you know officially the first underdog vip benefit that is that has been given out so i've been told by cam um but they basically shot me a text at like 10 a.m yesterday and they were like hey what are you doing tonight we have two box seats for the giants game do you and ali want to go and i was like 100 yes we do uh yeah. that sounds fun um on principle and, you can't turn down free box seats that's just like not no, i don't care how shitty no, the game is just you, yeah it's just you know goes against my morals <laughs> and so it was it was super fun we left like basically after the pick six end of the third yeah. quarter that was when we started to see people clear out and so we actually like we got out of the stadium pretty quickly but then there was like a really bad motorcycle accident on the highway and so then we were stuck like in just like sitting traffic for a while from that oh, totally okay. unrelated to the game but yeah shout out to to cam and everyone it was it was really fun um and i was also a bit there like on recon they have not like officially made a deal with the stadium or anything. And so he was like, also, I need you to like take a bunch of pictures of all the food and like, tell me about the experience. <laughs> tell me how they treated you all that so that they can like make some decisions about whether or not they're going to do something more like longstanding. Um, so it was fun to kind of uh, play underdog recon for the day. It was, it was nice. It was it true that they were showing you and Allie up there as much as they were showing uh, Taylor Swift and her entourage on Sunday night. That, that's what I've heard. I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the film yeah. yet. 
(laughs) go check all 22 angle yeah (laughs) see this is like uh this would be my ideal way to go to a football game right like i don't want to go on a sunday i want to watch red zone Mm -hmm. um i want to go on a thursday night uh or uh a monday night right the island game there and then you want to sit you want to sit in the box you want it to be comfy that that sounds like the best way uh, to go uh, watch a game. So I'm glad you. It was my first that. time in a box at a NFL game. I'd been actually, actually part of that. I'd only been to a WWE event in a box. It was like a recruiting thing in college. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually pretty fun, honestly. Uh, but it was in like a in a it was in Wells Fargo Center, so it was in an NBA arena. This was my first time in a NFL arena box. It was nice. It was yeah, you know, kind of what you'd expect. They had some TVs. They had some like nice seats inside like general beers and all of that, nothing crazy. Um, but it was, it was definitely a cool experience. I, I agree, Pete. Like it's basically the only way I'd want to go to a game unless there's like some special reason I wanted to go. Yeah. That looks like a fun time. And yeah, shout out to cam. Uh, now the VP of VIP there. And I know underdog also just hired uh gator. I believe his name based mm-hmm. out in Colorado. Uh, another one of their VP liaison. So very cool to see that they are, taking this seriously, starting to ramp up this program and really starting to reward the high volume players and their, their most important, uh, clients, uh, across uh, the site. So, uh, how, how much, how much Andy did you have to get down? I mean, did they say, thank you so much. You're such a degenerate gambler that you are the first person. I mean, you getting the, being the first person here. I mean, it says that you put some money down on underdog. Well, they said, Hey, listen, we looked at your advance rates and your exposure <laughs> to Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And we thought, you know what? You, you you deserve this. That's hilarious. They also need the club was coming be... back today, so free media hit as well. No. Yeah, exactly. How funny would that be if they like these sites, you know, actually had a way where they were kind of like looking at your overall portfolio and they're like, okay, this is one of our highest volume players, and holy shit, they are having a rough go of it. The fact they're like, let's <laughs> how do we keep the game. Coming back? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's give Andy oh. some unlimited chicken tenders and uh and, and, and <laughs> Yeah, the happen. tendies and Bud Light keep me coming back. I'm ready to rip some more uh resurrections. Uh oh my goodness. Um so the oh. the other big piece of news that is has gone down here, and uh, this is like my one spot off across all my shows to talk a little NBA. But my cousin Joe has been wheeling and dealing. I remember it was back when we had Dink on. The trade still hadn't happened, and we were kind of you know talking about the most likely scenarios. He had even put out the call, "Hey, bet on the Heat." as a as a future riser which at least from a clv standpoint was like a really sharp call and uh of course dame ends up getting traded to the milwaukee Bucks. the heat media just in absolute shambles even like guys i respect like dan levitard like having meltdowns just so disillusioned about how good they think tyler hero is or that you know the trailblazers owed them anything in that trade but uh (laughs) i obviously my very biased takes but uh what are your guys thoughts on the whole dame lillard followed by the drew holiday trades i i think it's super fun um i think all the heat stuff is silly i I th- like I think that he ended up they got a pretty good package and I really don't think that they were going to get something better than, that better than that from the Heat so like I, I don't think that they can really be too upset but they will be because sports um, <laughs> I think it's going to be really fun like I think both the Celtics and the Bucks got better um, and so they're both just like gonna, I think it's going to be really fun to see how that Celtics team plays together. It's like mm-hmm. a. I saw something where it was like, I think it was from their finals against the Warriors a few years ago. The only players they're bringing back are Tatum and Brown, and everyone else is new. Um, yep. Which is crazy. Um, but yeah, and I think Portland got a good got a good deal, and they like it. I mean, kind of what I expected to happen happened after seeing the first part of the trade, where it was like, oh, they're now it's, this is great because then they can trade Holiday for more, and now like they probably again can trade more people for more things. Um, and so I, I, think it'll, I think it'll work out well for them. Brogdon ended up at two Blazers as part of the, the Drew deal, right? Yep. Brogdon yeah. is. Yeah. So like they and, could probably and Time Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's the thing to me. Like, I, I might push back a little bit on the Celtics getting better, to be honest, because I think in some respect, I mean, it's different. And I don't think they got worse per se, but like, you know, one of the reasons that they were talking about the the trade with Dame going to Milwaukee being so interesting is because I think Porzingis, I read somewhere that he like rates, you know, really terribly against the pick and roll. 
like for pick and roll defense. And if you know you're trying to go up against the Bucks and you got Dame and Giannis, you know, who's just you know fathomably a pretty <laughs> unguardable duo in pick and roll, that could be a liability. And uh, you know, so I don't know how much you like you know Porzingis as an upgrade over Time Lord. I'm a pretty big Time Lord guy. So to me, that one's a little tough. And, you know, Drew versus uh, like Marcus Smart. I mean, obviously, like just say that Drew's a much better player, but Smart brings you a lot on the defensive end. Drew does as well. But like how much better are they in that situation too overall? So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely different. It definitely, I think they needed a shakeup in some respects because I don't know if they have the same team last year or they don't make the trade for Drew. Uh, you know, they're kind of walking dead, in my opinion, going against the Bucks. Uh, Pete, I think, you know, now that the trade's over, can we get your cousin on, uh, on the club to, to, to discuss? Like now he's a little bit less I, busy in his life. Yeah. Uh, I, I have never, I haven't reached out to him, uh, to, to do anything, uh, yet, but I, I, I will eventually call that, that one in, uh, that favor. And it'd be pretty it fun. Be fun to talk to fun. him. I, I mean, I, again, like I said, I'm very biased, but just, and I don't follow a lot of things in the NBA very closely, but I've obviously been following, um, what's been transpiring here. And I, I just think he just fucking crushed it in his patience and not acquiescing to it. And the fact that he was still able to get Lillard to a destination where he's going to compete for a championship. And actually tell me this, like the bucks with Lillard have better NBA odds than the heat with Lillard, right? Like it is a better destination yes. for competing for a championship. I, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think the funny part is like, you know, the only part that I would give Lovatar a tiny bit of credit for is that, you know, there was this kind of like, it feels like there's like this unspoken rule in some respects where we have a star player who's on their way out that you do kind of like handhold them to a destination of their choice. But who's to say that, that you need to do that? And if you're the GM, right, like your job is to make your team better. So I think in all in all, like the 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 angle that he owed Dame anything in particular is a little off base. And I think he didn't screw him over. He didn't send him to like, you know, I don't know, San Antonio or some shit, which is like complete fucking rebuild situation. Uh, he's going yeah. to play with Giannis. And there's this whole thing too, about how it seems like that, you know, that deal was fairly organic. It wasn't some, you know, tampering shit. It wasn't something besides when you go back and, and watch the video of uh, Giannis taking Dame first overall in the all-star game. Um, <laughs> there's, there's some genuine interest there. And I think, you know, besides it being having to go live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin uh, for the winter and deal with all the snow and stuff like yeah. Portland doesn't have the best weather. So I feel bad from the sense that he wanted to go chill on South Beach, and now he's you know on a different beach in, in Milwaukee. <laughs> but uh, you know it is what it is. It's a great spot if he wants to go win a championship and be on a, a team of that caliber. Like yeah, I don't know. I ask it's be a fun team to to play in DFS and in the daily games, and um, it is getting me very excited for NBA to come back into our lives. We're about to have a great stretch here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's certainly like a different. It is, it was just so funny to watch how like the Miami media puppets that there was like this level of entitlement there of, of not acknowledging that, Hey, they're just going to take the best offer. But I put myself in their shoes, right? And you're a Miami media member. And you're saying, if we get Dame, this is going to be a national team because even wouldn't you agree, even like the heat, when they've had these runs with Butler and them, they still haven't been like in the national conversation, let's put them in all of the primetime games. It's stuff like, but if they get Dame, they would have been in that category. So from a media perspective, these guys are all like, holy cow, we're going to have a fun team to cover for the next few yeah. years. And now they feel that that was ripped away from them, but then they just threw a temper tantrum uh, on Twitter. <laughs> it wasn't a great look. Yeah. It wasn't a great look, but yeah, not since the, I mean, the, the big three area, LeBron, D Wade and stuff. Do they really have that? True. Um, that coverage so yeah it's fascinating and then we think about too the heat almost missed the fucking playoffs because they it went down to the, the last wire against the hawks in the playing game for them to even go on that pretty incredible run uh that they did last year so it's just like it's pretty wild how things could were so different over the course of you know a one one or two basketball games there at the end yeah Yep, it'll be uh yeah, it'll certainly be interesting how it's going to to play out. I know the Blazers are are very hyped on Scoot and uh it'll be fun to see him get uh, a ton of burn. I do think like I was listening to my cousin's press conference last night too and you know, he's like being very honest and he's saying, you know, like, you know, I want to see 
uh, my main goals, I want to see continued daily improvement, which is like a very PR speak thing to say. And then, but he then just said, but I think it's going to be very entertaining to watch, which is like the goal of any tanking team, right? Like at the very least, yeah. if you're not winning games, like make it fun. And they, they have mm. the pieces to be a, a fun, like high flying team. And Chauncey sounds yeah. really energized to have all these guards in the building to coach as well. They don't have a bad roster. And if you, I mean, again, I'm not a big uh, Aiden guy, but he, he's talking a different talk right now that he's out of Phoenix and he's, seems like ready to try to like you know he's at least talking the game that you want to hear he's like dominating or whatever i'm like come on buddy you gotta you gotta be a little bit better before you start throwing that out there for yourself uh they could be fun man the hornets fucked up by not taking scoot so uh um, blazers could be a fun team to watch all right clay as our foremost nba cultural critic uh i need to get your you need to explain what happened here with jimmy butler um <laughs> were, were the heat down so bad that they went full emo after missing out on lillard what what happened yeah to, uh clay? no i mean i i love this so much uh the dedication to the bit is incredible uh if you heard the clip where he talks about media day as his halloween like this guy just loves trolling the fact that and it ha i think it dates back to it i don't i'm not so in the weeds on this with even like some local miami media uh stuff where they he wants to kind of fuck with them and they have to use this photo for all of their you know public uh you know coverage of him until a certain point of the season i believe or there's some there's some time where they can theoretically get out of it but like when you go on underdog or you go on a different fantasy platform <laughs> like this is the photo that you're gonna see <laughs> for the okay. entire season when you go click jimmy butler's name to draft him or put him in your lineup so it's pretty incredible uh and i i mean i love jimmy like what a personality um his coffee's too damn expensive um but it's it's good ice cream i don't know if you've had that before but the collab they did with van lewin is uh top notch uh, i'm here for it i'm here for it yeah oh i i missed this one here uh that's a that's probably one of the yeah, better ones of uh <laughs> that the, the only thing he's honestly missing is that he he needs to come come out with like an electric guitar and actually do some like fallout boy cover or something like that so and shout out skeets uh you know friend of the program with some incredible names that he workshopped i don't know if you saw that tweet uh from skeets no, on, like, oh up. yeah the first one was like ball out boy uh <laughs> there's a couple other ones that was like uh like panic at the free throw line or something like that like it's, yeah it's uh yeah well, early they, on they already got the shirt yeah uh, ball yeah, out yeah. Boy, yeah. Kimmy <laughs> world is good uh death cab for coffee some 22 backboard confessional yes yeah, um, incredible also uh, why we're, we're talking to about skeets real quick i did just want to mention this um uh thinking about taz mellis who was hit by a by a car when he was a pedestrian recently was in the hospital i actually haven't seen an update yet have, have either of you guys seen any updates on on toss if he's doing better i have not but that's scary shit man so um, yeah double think of toss and hoping that he is on the road to recovery yeah, yeah same i haven't um, seen anything yeah, hoping hoping he's doing doing much better. I actually haven't gotten to fire up uh, some of their podcasts recently. I got to get back in the Survivor Streets uh, now that uh, that pod is back. But yeah, I didn't really awesome. like episode one of this season of Survivor. Uh, did you watch I, it? Pete? I did. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of excited about it. I like this season. It seems like I agree with you. The first season was a little underwhelming, but some of the characters and like the villain setup with Emily, I, I think it mm -hmm. could be a fun season. Yeah, I saw one person online equate it to like it kind of feels like they found a bunch of nerdy Survivor fans who were like cosplaying as yeah. being on Survivor, which like does kind of feel true. Um, but it's only one episode, like it's it's hard to say. I think it was also just really frustrating as someone who like has for a long time thought I would really enjoy being on Survivor to see a bunch of people who are on it who are like, I'm not really sure I want to be here. <laughs> it's like <laughs> always frustrating. I, I do agree with you. I don't even think this is unique to this season, but like the past three or four where the type of contestant they're getting are survivor super fans. And it is now like the old days used to be like more like jock types and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I get that they wanted to balance that out. Um, but it also seems like the pendulum maybe swung too far where it's like, oh, I know that at this point, this is when the shot in the dark, or this is the chalet of time. And it's like, they know the game so inside and out that it's like, takes away a little bit of the fun to it and yeah. then you need like really really good personalities to kind of transcend that yeah i almost feel like it'd be really funny if they had one of these seasons where they where everyone was like a hardcore super fan where they memorized like all of the new rules and all that stuff and then they were like we're playing the game as if it was season one of survivor like there are no rules it is just yeah. like you're on survivor for a while and you got to vote people out and do the challenges and there's nothing else. I think that'd be kind of fun to see them yeah. all like go insane, trying to figure all this stuff out when, it, when it's not in this, when it's not in the game anymore. 
Yeah. I always, I've been getting into it way more in the uh, club MGMI discord. Uh, our guy, David puts together a survivor, like DFS style game where you pick a team and he assigns salaries and he has points. And so oh, uh, awesome. each year you, you can make a couple of teams. He gets Ethan the pool. And so it took me back because one of my first experiences ever gambling was with my high school buddies as freshmen. And we would watch survivor. We'd all put $20 in a pool and we'd each draw out. There was like enough for each of us to get three contestants. We just put all the names in the hat, pull out the three. And if your person won, then you got, you got the pool. And that was a video. I was like, God, I love gambling. This is incredible. <laughs> uh, and so it's nice to have it come full circle with another survivor pool here. Um, Anything else uh, for you guys on the NBA front before we maybe uh, rip a, a draft or two? I feel like the only other really draft. big thing is still like the Harden stuff. And I don't know. I'm just like, it's it's very annoying to me. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens where he ends up. Um, but I think like probably the more interesting part of the conversation is like what happens to him in a year or two. And does he stick around? Do they, do they figure it out? Or does he end up, you know, on the Knicks or the Celtics or some new team that actually can like build a team around him to contend that isn't going to sit out, whether it's Ben Simmons or James Harden or whoever knew. Play, what's in. the TLDR on the Harden stuff? He wants out. He's over it. Like, it's like the same thing he did in Brooklyn and the same thing he did in Houston before that. And as uh, I think Kevin Garnett said on the podcast he was on recently, this is his last wiggle of getting out of a team situation. So there's not really much more than that. He, all the drama has been that like, he came out and has been like on this whole crusade against Daryl Morey. And like he's a liar, and then there's all these photos of every time he's in a club that the bottle the bottle girls bring on his side. It's a terrible boy. He's a liar. And it's just like you know he's just on his you know a a plus rated you know quitting spree. Um, but I this is really the last time I really feel like there he's gonna kind of be able to have the grace to get away with it. Um, so he better he better like where he ends up in this spot. And I'm I'm all for like you know player empowerment, but I am kind of on the side of the fence where like this is getting like a little tiresome and old and I don't feel like you, he's quite the level of player that can still, I don't know, be like, Oh, I'm over it after a season or two every fucking year or two. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, just a, it's kind of a tiresome song and dance. So I don't know. I don't know what situation he feels like he could get much better in with than Philly. Like it's a pretty good spot. All things considered. Um, like he's going to go to fucking golden state and then they're going to ship Chris Paul off. Like, I don't know, but like, I don't know what he wants. Like, where does he want to go and be besides maybe back to Houston? Since that seems to be one of his favorite nightlife cities. Um, but they got a pretty strong roster at the moment too. So I don't know, man. Yeah, it is. It is like, it's, it's interesting that the entire dynamic in the NBA right now too, right. Is these basically smaller media markets, right. And they have these superstars and yeah. the clock is immediately ticking of like, you either need yeah. to surround them with enough talent to win a championship or they're going to get antsy and leave. And and then yeah. you, you, I think of it too, as a, you know, a quasi or former Denver Nuggets fan of being like, if you don't win that, then Jokic, right. Then he's the next guy where it's like, you've right. never assembled the roster. Then where does he go? Although Jokic is such a like interesting personality, maybe, maybe he wouldn't care. Uh, and, uh, he honestly, like, I, I'm also on board with the take that he's probably playing the league for maybe one more contract, like go sign yeah. one more super max and he's out within five years and retiring at the age of 34 and riding off to the sunset you see how grumpy yeah. he looked yesterday coming back into the arena for media day like the guy yeah. looked like he wanted to just not be he's there homesick. he's perpetually yeah. homesick yeah. yeah i mean he wanted to skip the parade and then was like oh wait this shit's <laughs> actually kind of fun and then partied for like extra two days in vegas before going back to serbia to go race his horses um yeah. but <laughs> i don't know man the other funny thing real quick before we, we hop in this draft is uh if you saw the anthony davis quote where he said his goal to play in all 82 games this year and everyone's like yeah that's like you know your new year's resolution of uh i'm gonna go work out every single day this year. <laughs> yeah. you know? it's like i'm gonna call my mom like, more yeah <laughs> right 82 oh, games my, my ass maybe the rest um, of his career yeah the uh because who are yeah who are the other kind of stars where the clock's ticking you mentioned Embiid. um that's definitely one right is there um, I mean, the yeah, conversation I mean, was about Giannis, but now that they traded for Dame, yeah, I think that's right. probably changed. I think, I think that one that could theoretically happen, whereas maybe it's less of a clock ticking, but there's just been a lot of rumors, is like a Jalen Brown. He's not quite at that same level, but there had been conversations there, and you know, maybe, maybe there's some world where he this year it doesn't have the best season of his career, and he's like the fourth best player on this team behind Tatum and Drew and Porzingis, and he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, Oh, Luca. Luca's the other guy get. I was thinking of. Yeah, Luca's definitely. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the LeBron shit's going to get really interesting again just because like he's going to come as a two-for-one with whenever Bronny comes to the league. Uh, if he's able to still, after his um, medical incident, I don't know if he's actually going to be able to continue playing or not. I haven't really seen a whole update on that. But that was, you know, he's old, but LeBron might play for another 20 years and yeah, worse, he's going to be a good ticket draw. So uh, that'll be fun with, you know, all over ESPN next, next all season. Uh, yeah. If you thought Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift coverage was uh, obscene, wait until uh, yeah. LeBron's playing with his kid uh, on yeah. national television. Um, yep. All right. Let's, uh, before we do a draft two, I did want to shout out, uh, underdog making some very awesome hires today uh rudman announced this two people from the deposit kingdom we got Numi, of course the badge bro and hope bishop uh both two awesome underdog players great content creators uh joining the uh the underdog staff full-time to be uh draft game uh associates here i believe is the official title and the best news for all of us is we get two of the sharpest players out of the player pool so this That's is like win-win they go work for underdog, make the games better, and we don't have to deal with them in our draft rooms. I mean, this is a smash. And maybe they could like attract some more casual players or something. I think that that'd be really nice. Yeah, just, exactly. And NFL has not been kind to me so far, and I'd love if there was just a few worse players in the in the draft pool. I know, um, totally. Uh, so shout out to Numi and Hope, and and uh, I think it is just awesome too that underdogs getting not just people who are familiar with the platform, but are true grinders know it inside and out. They know the things that the high volume players want, the the power users, the super users. And so um, just a, a good win-win all around there. And uh, yeah, feel free to uh, tag new me in hope in the deposit kingdom discord when you have issues i'm sure they will love uh being <laughs> left and right there welcome um, to the dark side exactly all right guys uh you want to hop in a dog bowl draft here let's do it let's do it all right i just hopped in uh we got, so for those we got slots we got seven yeah, more man. okay if you guys want to come draft with us a few things about this so this is the dog bowl qualifier this is for the live final in miami that i believe is like december 10th in 11th, the Deposit Kingdom now four for four on uh, sending qualifiers there. We got Nez, we got Copper Prices, who has two tickets. And then uh, we had uh, Chris G, who just won this week, who loves Miami. So that's super fitting. And then GME Holder as well, four for four here. And then the other cool thing, because there's been some overlay uh, with this filling, Underdog is running a promo again, that for every four Dog Bowl entries you do, they're just going to give you $50 bonus credit in your account and there's no cap on it. So you do four of these. So for every $200, essentially you get $50 back, you know, brings the rake uh, way down on this contest for you. So um, I'm excited to try to punch uh, my own ticket here. Are you guys going to try to uh, find your way to Miami as well? I haven't been playing it as much just because I'm not totally sure I'm free that weekend. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I don't know I'll if this is the best, best investment, but um, yeah, I'll, I normally enter like throw one in just to see. Uh, I'm also awful at the 12 man drafts. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever had a winning day in like the goal line stand. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to yeah, follow in Nez's that. footsteps and, and tell my wife uh, about this wonderful contest where I could take her to Miami in December. And uh, that sounds fantastic. So uh, probably is like, I don't want to get too far out ahead of my skis and dangle that carrot if I'm not actually going to, you know, book the ticket. So I have not been harping on that too much. I didn't bring it up when it first launched. <laughs> like, oh, it's kind of fun. You know, that side underdog I like to play on. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's got to be one of the three of us, though. I think it's coming from this draft, the winner. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it feels more it, – It this is like the curse of everyone from the Deposit Kingdom winning is it makes it feel just way more attainable. Like, no, no, now we are entitled to to winning. Like, every week, that's just how it has to go down. I do – it was interesting. People were maybe speculating if we'd get a different price point this week, another $50. I thought a $25 price point um, would have been nice for getting some more drafts off, but this is a really nice overall – entrance size, size you know for yeah. having a chance here 2600 is uh is very nice yeah 50 is a little harder for uh some of us that are not haven't haven't won so much on underdog recently and uh have been you know staying true to the deposit kingdom name and ethos uh but you know it is nice we're just like all right cool if you're gonna fire just a single you know one one to ten lineups uh one to five lineups like i like the contest size for that purpose but the lower price point i think I mean, I, I know they can't really run two simultaneously, but this does feel like kind of the perfect 
one where if you have the lower price point, the higher price point where you can kind of like the puppy dynamic versus, you know, best yeah. mania. Um, yeah, I guess you could maybe do something where you have like a big, like say $10 and there's two tickets there. And then maybe there's a, a 50 or a hundred dollar in one because they've been yeah. doing three tickets a week. Maybe you could yeah. split it like yeah. that. But I think they're, I understand why they're trying to throw as much attention to a single contest uh, as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, did you win something recently or were you just a deposit king? I've, I've been on uh, a little bit of a deposit king because we are for ship chasing. We uh, we had to load up here for our Thursday night pickums, And then I've also been on a bit of a pickum heater. Um, nice. Hit one on the, uh, let's see here, on the cram. Uh, and then last night, I just fired one on my phone uh, at the last minute here uh, nice. that I just just straight banked, just like right before lock here. Get a locker touchdown, Brightwell under six rushing attempts, Paris Campbell under 22 and a half, Juan Dale over 19 and a half, and Darius Slayton under 37 and a half. So, you know, we've been we've run running a little good lately. There you go. I've had I've had like the last couple pickums that I've done be like one away and so close i I lost (laughs) i lost one on the monday night or no the sunday night game and all i needed was kelsey over six and a half receptions and that was what got me um see i just needed no great two receptions but you know my guy just wanted to show off with a touchdown for 37 and uh, because it was fucking hard in his props Uh, exactly a shout out to um, crash rich in our uh in our draft dude's been on a heater lately i was he gonna say is there rushing. anyone hotter on underdog than that guy right now i don't think, I don't so. think so crash has got a you got a friend you got a friend tech room good, <laughs> yeah tell me what your rankings are please uh, this is a really interesting early? week yeah go um, for, for br I've, I've done a couple drafts not i haven't been quite maxing just because it's, it's really hard to manually do 150 drafts um but I'm, I'm normally getting to like 100 to 120 uh yeah. throughout the week and i kind of just am like randomly doing them um but this week is like pr- the previous couple weeks have been really really top heavy for tight end and this week feels a little bit better i think obviously travis kelsey is like kind of in a league of his own but then you do have like yeah. a decent amount of guys after that um mm. and then it also just feels crazy flat at like wide receiver and running back like I'm doing drafts where I'm taking all my wide receivers and running backs are six round picks. And like, I feel really good about it. So yeah. I think that that's interesting. I'm curious to see how it feels. I haven't done a 12 man yet. How that feels really, really having to scroll down. Um, but I think it's, yeah. I think it'll be fun now getting some more bye weeks in. I feel like it, it, there's a little bit more skill expression when you can't just like blindly draft a bunch of incredibly good players. Andy, were you yeah. saying? I was trying to think about my pick there critically uh, for a second. Were you saying that you were you've been waiting on wide receivers and running backs, or did I miss maybe make your pick too? But kind of, yeah, um, yeah. That's why I felt waiting on wide receiver and running back, but then also just um, like just scrolling down. Like I, I, yeah. I'm picking. Yeah. I'm, I won't say who yet because we're doing yeah, this yeah. draft right Still now, and I'd like 80, to draft them. Yeah. But there's yeah. a couple running backs, especially who are pretty hot, pretty low in ADP right now who I'm just taking two or three rounds ahead. Same with, mm-hmm. I've already drafted Jalen Hurts. Same with Anthony Richardson. I'm just going to draft him above ADP. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Kirk Cousins some, as well. Some, and some naked Mahomes in BR just because that total in the game, not having to worry about who you're stacking with and, you know, if you didn't get Kelsey, it's like whatever. Like, you know, There's great some- might be who you need. There's some fun games this week. Finally, the 4 p.m. slate is going to be very fun. Juicy. You get yes. Eagles at Rams, 50.5 total, and then Chiefs at Vikings, 53-point total. So uh, that is going to make the 4 p.m. games finally. Uh, I mean, yo, like, low-key Jets and Broncos can be yeah. a little bit of a sh- sneaky shootout, too. Like, don't tease me with some uh, Zach Wilson, Garrett, some Wilson doubles, you know? Yeah. Um, the chat also talking, we haven't, we haven't discussed it yet, but I did see that tweet come across yeah. that New York, um, shutting down, uh, pickums both for, you know, prize picks, underdog, all that stuff. I, I haven't looked into it and seen like, how close is this actually to being enforced? Do you guys have any knowledge on that? I, I it seems pretty legit. Yeah. Their timing is that they adopt. So, I mean, that seems like it's more than just like it's not a proposal. It's it seems like it's yeah. passed and it's gonna be. But I don't but know like timing, right now. But... You can go to the lobby and make a pick em entry. Both of you are in New York right now. 
Yes, uh, yeah. at least as of this morning, I could. Um, yeah. I tailed some of the badge bro uh, baseball pickups to try to get this account balance up before Thursday. So, jeez, that's brutal, man. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, not great. Similar thing was setting up in Florida. I didn't even know that this New York one was even on the horizon or a possibility. Me either. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it plays out. You know, I wonder like. It seems like kind of the, the main things they focused on in it was oh. generally that you were playing against the house was like kind of a, yeah. a big part of it. Um, so I wonder if they'll end up doing some other stuff. I, I, I think they'll, I, I feel like it'll kind of always be an evolving thing. Um, I've really enjoyed the pickums. I've been getting a lot more into them. Um, and so I'm bummed that I won't be able to play, but yeah. we'll see. Yep. Yeah, That's why I'm moving, is. you know, it's like, uh, I don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> Smart. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I will, I will take Waddle. So we are all on the back half of the draft board. I'm from the 106, started a Jalen Waddle. Um, fun Clay start. started, uh, Devon HN and Mark Andrews, and Andy got that stack, Jalen Hurts and Devonte Smith. Man, I, I love seeing the rise of HN. I'm, I'll be really curious to see if. Um, if this ADP holds, but you know, same with the Puka stuff. Like I, I like chasing up those, those guys that like show it to us. And then, you know, uh, people don't want to believe it necessarily, but he looks, he also, looks like the, the fucking giant Johnson out there, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could use a couple different J words there for a second coming, uh, for Devon A chain, but I mean, yeah, this matchup too is a juicy one. So I'm not, I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah. I think that Puka's, ADP this week so far is too low. Um, I think that people are getting scared of him just because of Cup coming back, um, yeah. which I don't think makes any sense. I, having someone else who's not too, too out well like, is a good thing, and I don't think he's going to lose routes or anything because of it. Um, also, Cup still might not play. Like It seems like they're saying like they are optimistic he will, but then there was like, yeah. a tweet I saw, that underdog tweet out from Diana Rossini, where she was like, you know, he's still at like 70-80%, and I'm like, well, if he's 78%, like, He's not going to be 100 or like much higher going into this weekend, most likely. I don't know. I it, I, I agree completely because you you have so many outs to being right, right? Where it's like, can these two coexist and still be both ma massive fantasy earners? Absolutely. Yeah. Could Cooper Cup not be back or be on a pitch count? Absolutely. Could this game just shoot out and you want all kinds of pieces in this game? Absolutely. So like, I just don't see any downside with, with Puka this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, and it's one of the higher totals. The Rams are just like seemingly decent. You know, they're they're never going to blow what anyone out really. I don't think, but they're probably also not going to get just like totally slaughtered, blown out, or at least like isn't it wouldn't be what I'm going to bet on. Um, yeah, and that's that's another reason that I like these Eagle stacks and Hurts early. Is I just like I'm super happy to take a bring back, whether it's Cup or Puka or. Kyron, who I he was who I, I think that his ADP this week makes absolutely no sense. It's okay. like 35 or something. I, I don't yeah. understand. It was the same thing last week, and I was just drafting him in every single sixth round, and he put up 25 fantasy points. I was like, all right, cool. And then yeah. just came back, and it's the same thing this week. Man, so what are we doing with Cooper Cup here? Um it's hard in the 12 man because taking that Q tag here is a lot harder than in the six man. Right. Mm -hmm. I know. And yet, it, I, I do think I do think I am going to actually just go a bit further down here. Um, I think Olave. I think he leads the league right now in unrealized air yards. Like he's been so close to a couple big games. Um, in New England is is definitely beatable uh, back there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on Cooper Cup for now. I have a hard time envisioning Cup getting that much more expensive like he could certainly flip nico Pittman, garrett wilson but don't you feel like maybe mid-second is maybe like the cap for for where cup would end mm. up and unless the reports were just super bullish on him being 100 percent. yeah yeah no I, I would agree with that yeah and yeah i, I just checked because i was curious it seems like gonzalez isn't going to play this week too so like the patriots judon and gonzalez are probably both out this week and so you know Taking a Olave or Alvin Kamara feels a lot better as as you see the Patriots get worse and worse by the minute. Clay, I, I was considering it with 
with Brees. I mean, that versus that Denver defense. Oh, shit. It I'm feels like a game where Brees Hall's going to only have yeah. 12 touches, but like two of those could be for 60 yard touchdown runs. Yeah. I mean, we saw the first game where he just, you know, he didn't need a whole lot of touches to rack up 140 yards or whatever it was on that 80 yard run, too. And I'm, I'm, at, the, I'm at the point now where I want to lean into some of these like pretty wild matchup discrepancies we see with like you know denver it's just you pick pick your poisons run game and pass game you know against tennessee you want to take you know pass game um i'm into it you know of course they got the cardinals flow chart so i, I yeah i think it's a great spot and like the the work's been trending in Brees's favor i feel like especially after some of the positive momentum coming off of last week you can really kind of tell a story that like you know they want to win this game and dalvin's probably not in the recipe for that being as much another week under the belt of healthy breeze so i think it's a great great setup for him to have a little bit of an eruption spot so i will tell myself that story as i draft him as my second running back with no wide receivers on my team yet hmm. i like call a lot this week as well yeah yeah we are don't worry we're back you know drafted too many running backs in best ball mania but in uh in underdog dailies, we can still start our drafts with three straight wide receivers. Although, let's see. Oh, we can squint and find some stuff down here. I'm glad that Mixon is going to fall to me here. That's who I was hoping I got. Okay. Yeah, who are who are they playing? The Cardinals? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's still he's still getting great usage. Like it it hasn't really fallen his way. And you know, the team just looks awful. Um yeah. But he's someone who I'm just going to keep going back to until it seems like he's not getting that same kind of usage. Right. I, I just I I can't assume that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to continue to be like by far the worst offense in the NFL. <laughs> like that just doesn't sound doesn't sound realistic. Yeah, and I I, I mean too like Joe Burrow's clearly not a hundred percent. Their passing game's a little broken right now. Uh, T Higgins seems legitimately fifty fifty. You got to imagine they lean on the running game in the spot here. Yeah. And last week, you know, it was a down week for Mixon, but it was also against the Titans who have a very good run defense and are generally a pass funnel kind of overall. And so I'm mm-hmm. not going to take that into account too much. What are you thinking here, Clay? I don't know, man. I'm a little torn. Like part of me is like, ah, uh, like the Addison goose egg scares me, but you don't want to play scared. And I like, you know, it's a high total game. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. Addison, I'm, going to play. I'm chasing. Yeah. The t- yeah, I'm doing Addison. I'm chasing the total. I think you another clip. Think another clip. Just, I got to go for I got to go for top three here. So I got to go upside. And I like I like his upside more than the other click. I was going to make a wide receiver, which felt a little bit too. I don't know. Tennessee ish. Yeah, I'm just going to stack up. Uh, Amon Ra with Jared Goff here. I thought there's a chance I could maybe push it, but with only two quarterbacks uh, on the board ahead of him in ADP and three people behind me who need quarterbacks, I think that might have gotten too cute. Yeah, I, I'm surprised to see Stroud drop this low. I earlier today I saw him go at the highest I saw was 18. Really, I, but I've been seeing him go not sixth round. Like the 18 one was obviously a bit of an outlier, um, but I've been seeing him go consistently in the six man draft. So I'm surprised to see him fall this much here. Yeah. Well, it's also because so uh, Bonner here from the four is setting up the double stack with Nico and Tank. Oh, wow. He's going to get him on the rear app. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless, unless Crash Rich uh, nice him here. Uh, destroys it. I like, I mean, Tank's in a good spot too. I took him in some BRs. Like, I like that. Yeah. yeah, probably got an ADP. When I dropped it, I like Tyler Pitts this week but... as well, which makes me kind of want to like puke when I say it. Um, yeah, but yeah, getting him that. at forty-eight feels feels good. So then, Crash Rich here is, I, I think he's going to maybe bank and see if uh, see if he can push Burrow all the way around to the uh, last pick. Because he, he definitely knows has a shot. Bonner. Yeah, because Bonner I mean, yeah, will I take don't... Stroud, and then Clay. I don't think you're taking an unstacked Burrow. No, and then... I don't know what I'm going to do to be honest. Uh, I don't really love my options here, but let's see. Uh, you have Addison. 
I I did draft but Kurt, Zach Wilson. Kurt's already gone. I'm say that I'm not. I'm not I know. It, like, but I do. I have mean, I have him with a chair. I mean, I can tell myself a story that he he throws a dump off to Brees and Brees runs it for you know a touchdown. So. No, I think there's still a couple of decent uh, options here. Like you could go, I think Stafford and Atwell is a totally valid, like actually yeah. Cup doesn't play this game. Give me Stafford mm-hmm, and Atwell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Stafford popped on the injury report too, which, you know, doesn't mean like. Um, I think it's a good, yeah. I also think like Dobbs and a Michael Wilson isn't, isn't ugly. Um, mm. I mean, he wasn't the winning Millie Maker team. Michael Wilson, yeah, man, what a sick, sick play. I didn't hear a single person talk about him in DFS. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I was so close to clicking on him in the late slate, uh, and I played fucking Rondale Moore over him. <laughs> it's, to try, I was like, oh, they're not going to be able to do much, and they'll give him some some uh, nice running touches again. Um, so that cost me a lot of money. Have you guys? This is my my usual spot here when the last pick you need is a tight end, and I have to pull up the uh, the utilization report and start like digging oh, into like the snaps. That means, you're, that means you're drafting Zach Ertz if you're looking at utilization. Well, I'm gonna have to break a tie uh, in favor of. Uh, I was gonna pull up some Hayden Hurst stuff and see if I wanted him as a bring back in this game since I have this mm. heavy uh, Jared Goff uh, double with Gibbs. Let's recap. Well, we we can recap our teams here uh, at the end after we make these final picks. Who do I want here? Well, this is kind of gross. Ooh, Hayden Hurts' usage has been going down every single week. Yeah, it hasn't been good. I'm gonna There's a lot of uh, just sticking on red zone. I did see that. Support. That was pretty nice. Kept saying his name. I'm gonna actually time. ruin what I proposed here. I don't want Michael Wilson or Tutu Atwell. I don't know. I'll go Tutu. I don't feel good about it, but. I have three Rams players, might as well take a – or three yeah. Eagles players, might as well take a Rams player. Man, the lead taking Jonathan Taylor. Um, man, I, I, I think we're going to find out – I think we have to find out by like Saturday um, whether those guys are actually going to be like on the uh, the 53-man uh, roster. I would be – I would be pretty shocked if uh, if Jonathan Taylor was playing this week. I still kind of maintain that they're putting on just like a little bit of a show now of being like, Hey, that whole thing, when you say like you're hurt and you want out of here, that kind of, you know, nuked your trade value. Why don't you say you're back at practice? You're ready to go. And let's see Mm -hmm. if we can start getting the phone lines, you know, going again. I'm still of the belief that Jonathan Taylor is, is not going to play another snap with the Colts, but we shall see. It's like the Claypool stuff. It's like, if you really want to trade them, like you guys are handling this as poorly as possible. Oh uh, yeah. Like who the hell is like, wants this liability now? Yep. Clay, I like the Gesicki call. I think I might do that. Hunter Henry grows. It's a little bit more of a scroll the F down. He does have like a, you know, Hunter Henry's been earning more targets, but yeah, hundred percent of the end zone targets there in week four. I can play him opposite of Olave. I kind of like that. Yeah. Or, or you could take, you know, you take my guy Noah Gray too. That's another option there if you're really <laughs> I'm not gonna scroll that far down. Um I think one player who's basically going undrafted Johnny and is interesting is uh is Drake London. Not, not pivoting from yeah. tight ends here, but like he's probably gonna go undrafted in this. And they're playing Houston, like it's not like they're playing the the 49ers. Um yep. and he's still getting a lot of targets. And that's one that I think is kind of interesting. We're mill punting boys. <laughs> Who ended up? Okay, so Hammond. I was wondering if uh, Joe Burrow would make it all the way back to Crash Rich, uh, but Hammond took unstacked Burrow. What is Crash Rich going to do here? Because you even sniped him on Zach Wilson with his Garrett yeah. Wilson there. I was well, I got, assuming he probably Brees. thought he thought he, he thought Zach was coming back. Yeah, oh, there's Drake London. Let's see if Crash Rich needs the ultimate heat check, which is taking Desmond Ritter to stack with Kyle Pitts right here. Yeah, he's he's gonna go. The alpha move is just take uh, oh. whoever the Bengals backup quarterback is and just say fuck Ritter. It. He did Ritter. do Ritter. Ugh. Yeah, there you <laughs> oh. go. Stack that up. Oh. Stack that up. Um. All right, let's recap these teams. So I did. I have a Jared Goff uh, stack with Jameer Gibbs in a Monroe St. Brown. Couple of one-off wide receivers: Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave, and then uh, Gesicki 
um, Oppo, Chris Olave in that New England Saints game. Clay, give us your team here. Yeah, I went with a uh, you know a classic classic stack with the quarterback running back here. So we got Zach Wilson to Brees Hall, uh, Devon A. Chain just to go for a sixty ball this week against the New York Giants. <laughs> Uh, a little mini correlation with Jordan Addison and Rishi Rice. Uh, hope that those targets keep going up for for Rice there. And then Alpha Play Mark Andrews a tight end against the lowly Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so there you go. You know it's it's not my prettiest team of all time, but uh, we try to go for some upside clicks besides my quarterback. So it could be just gross enough to be the team you need. Andy, uh, give us your squad here. Yeah, I went. Eagles Rams game heavy. So I have Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard as my first three off the board. Uh, I don't normally do double stacks in these, um, but Goddard was also just, in my opinion, best tight end available. And so I was pretty happy to, to take it and nothing else was really jumping off the page to me there. Um, and then Mixon, I like a lot this week as a, someone to, you know, Higgins is out playing a, not great team. Uh, and then Tutu Atwell is a bit of a bring back. And then Alexander Madison, I think uh, getting him in the last round here feels pretty good. He played pretty well last week against a decent Panthers defense. Um, I just think that Cam Akers is not very good and that Madison is going to continue to, to maintain a lot of the, a lot of the carries. And so happy to bet on him in the highest game total of the week. A little bit of a squeaky wheel on on Dallas Goddard too. They there was some stuff coming out saying they they want to get him more involved. I'm with you too. Yeah. I had a similar spot where I wasn't going out of my way to force a, a stack, but Gibbs at 54. I feel like some of the kind of sentiment has just swung a little too far in that direction after Montgomery's big game. And it's not even to take anything away from Montgomery, but I don't really think like the ceiling scenarios for Gibbs um, have really changed that much. And man, I love them at home Ford field versus this Panthers team. I just think they could uh, score a bunch of points here. Welcome. Yeah. This team from, from Lee is pretty interesting in between Andy and I, uh, he only drafted yeah. two real players. So that's a uh, interesting strategy going into this week. <laughs> yeah, Lee has uh, Mahomes and did get the stack in the in the last round with MVS, um, Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, uh, and DeAndre Swift and Darren Waller. There, um, this uh, this is a, a very much a first or last team uh, right there. I respect it, um, dudes. It was great getting back in the uh, in the saddle with you with you guys today. It'd been too long. Yeah. Likewise, I'm excited to be back. Maybe, uh, who knows? Maybe next week we rip a an NBA draft and start yeah. start getting those. Shoes. I think the NBA games, preseason games, come Thursday, Friday, something yeah, pretty, like that. Soon, pretty, pretty soon. Pretty soon here. Pretty soon here. Yeah. I would love to rip an NBA draft. I got a couple spicy takes uh, for NBA drafts. Oh, I'm sure already. So. Um, I'm into it. Yeah, let's do it. I, I've been talking to Zakarian, and uh, maybe we can get him to swing by. And no, I know he's been in those uh, double dribble uh, streets, so uh, we could check that out. And I, I think I saw on ETR's feed uh, a little while back they had some double dribble strategy. And I know you guys have been all chopping it up, talking about it in the hoops uh, channel within the Badge Bros uh, Discord there. Um, Appreciate all you guys. I'll, I'll re-emphasize it again. If you guys want to try to chase the deposit kingdom down to Miami in that dog bowl, that offer is for everyone and you don't have to opt in or do anything. It's like, yeah, I literally just did four drafts last week and I got the notification that $50 was dropped in my account. I'm going to try to do, I think I'll try to get to eight dog bowl drafts uh, this week and get that hundred dollars back. But at this point, I feel like we're just throwing a big deposit kingdom party down in Miami. So uh, let's see if we can punch another one of those tickets. And if you guys haven't signed up on underdog again, another, I think this might be ending soon, but I do know it's existing right now doing up to a $500 deposit match. Uh, so if you haven't signed up on underdog, uh, you can use whatever promo code of your choice. Promo code Pete is still good out there. Uh, $500 deposit match. Appreciate having clay and Andy back. Appreciate you guys hanging out in the chat. We'll try to keep uh, these rolling here on Tuesday afternoons for Clay, for Andy. I'm Pete. We'll see you guys next time on the club. <laughs>